I was I was in Moscow for for a year. For a year? More or less. I used to go for a couple of weeks and come back for a week. So one couple of for about a month I lived in my own apartment. To get to the yeshiva I had to take a bus one stop. So in the winter I knew that was like ten minutes. If I was there at the bus stop for more than ten minutes, I wouldn't be able to get on the bus. <laughs> it was in Moscow. Moscow. I was in Moscow for a year. Yeah. More well, you know, like I went back and forth. I wasn't completely disconnected from reality. But it was nice. I liked that. There was something about it I liked a lot. Nicole? I think all the women at the bus stop looked like my mother. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that look, you know. That, that weary look. Okay. I, I want to say I want to say this about Makot Mitzrayim. About the uh, the plagues in Mitzrayim. My my assumption, my assumption is always that if Hashem wanted to get the Jews out of Betrayim, it could have been done more efficiently. Didn't have to have ten makot. Could have done it the makachat. Furthermore, furthermore, it always seems to me that uh, that even if you say that the Egyptians deserved a greater punishment because of the way they treated the Jews in spite of the fact that the Egyptians were kind of the agents of God God promised Abraham that they would be enslaved in Egypt so why would the Egyptians be punished now everybody asks that question and the generally accepted answer is that the Egyptians were enthusiastic about too enthusiastic about their job they were willing to kill out a lot of Jews and they were willing to kill the children and you know etc so they were punished but again that doesn't explain to me why there are ten plagues that punishment could also be meted out at one time all at once why the ten plagues so that my assumption my assumption is that the plagues have a double purpose they are punishment for the Egyptians but they are lessons for Am Yisrael somehow they are part of the process called Yitziat Mitzrayim which was not just about physically taking the Jews out of Mitzrayim and bringing them to Har Sinai but somehow giving them the awareness that they had to be uh, of a certain uh, a certain standard to even get to Har Sinai it just you can't just go to Har Sinai and get the Torah you have to be to some extent worthy and the worthiness of the nation of Israel right the children of Yaakov Avinu was determined during this period of time called Yitziat Mitzrayim when the and the Makot played a role in that I mean, it's true, Moshe Rabbeinu played a role in that, certainly, which is not, no, not what we're discussing now, but the Makot themselves played a role, played a role in this. Now, what could I possibly be referring to? So I remind you of the fact that the Makot in Mitzrayim 
what we, the ten plagues that we all know so well from the Seder, where, you know, we kind of enthusiastically and with great love beat up on the Egyptians year after year. Uh, that's the order that appears in the book of Shemot. Right down, that's the order of things. Now, these Makot in Mitzrayim, these Makot in Mitzrayim are discussed in two other places in Tanakh, both in Prakim in Tehillim. Both in Prakim in Tehillim, where the Makot in Mitzrayim are listed and, um, and in, in an order. Now the, the two prakima here are the sheath. The first one is in Perikai and Chet, and the second is in Perikufhei. So I mean, let's start from Kufhei, right backwards from the way it was printed in the sheath. I just want you to see. It says Shalach Moshe Avdo Aaron Asher Bachar Do. Moshe sent Aaron. Samo Bam Divrei Ototav Umoftim Beeretz Cham. Okay, you know, the words in Tehillim are not exactly the same as the words in the Chumash, so we could talk about it. But, but the otot, these signs, were brought by Aharon into Mitzrayim. Pasuk of Chet says, Shalach Choshech v'yachshoch lo maru et devarav ubarot. There was Choshech, there was a makah shel Choshech. This phrase, lo maru et devarav, at the Varav di Baro, Rashi explains, you see the Rashi is right under the paragraph, Hamakot Shetziva Alehem Ba'u Bemitzvotav. Veloshinu at the Varo, that they are brought the Makot as Moshe Rabbeinu was taught to do. They came immediately. So the first thing it's mentioned is, is, uh, is some kind of Choshek, whether it's the Makah of Choshek or not. It's hard to know. Pasukhaftet, a fachad may mehen the dam, vayamet et digatam. Vayamet et dagatam. First makkah is the makkah of dam, as you know. And the, the, this pasuk, which is kind of a very precise way of speaking, had to say something about the dam. What's the thing that it chose to say? What does it say about the, the dam? Vayamat et dagata, and all of the fish in the waters in Egypt died. Right? Pasuk lavet bet, batan kishvehem barad esh lavot baratsam vayach gifanam uteinatam yeshav eitz kulav. This is all all uh, about the different makot, right? So it says here. Pasuk uh, Haftet again. Go backwards. Afachet beim the dam. Vayamat et degatam. That's dam. Sharat. Sorry. Pasuk lamet sharat ad sam tsvar deim bechadrei malchechem. Right. There were a lot of a lot of sharat ad sam tsvar deim. You see the Rashi. Omar Rabbi Yochanan bekol makom shayu rovtsim mayim ayu rovtsim tsvar deim. So that they were every place, these Tzvardeim. And the order of things is first there's Dam and then there's Tzvardeya. That's what I wanted you to see in this uh, chapter of uh, Tehillim. Interestingly, 
Interestingly, it's very hard to understand, to compare the Makkah of Dam from the Makkah and the Makkah of Tzvardea. After all, the Makkah of Dam, I mean, everything died. Everything, everything lived from the water in, in Egypt. Imagine what a tragedy it was. In Egypt, all life was dependent on the Nile and other rivers of that kind. So the Makkah of Dam equals death. Equals death. Everything died. Now, Tzvardea is of a totally different order. I mean, I can understand that having a lot of Tzvardeim creeping around your head could be an annoyance, but it's nothing like, nothing like Dam. And therefore there are traditions of Chazal that say, these Tzvardeim were gigantic, and every time they whacked the Tzvardeim, it became two Tzvardeim. You know, they tried to, what? Try to figure out what was really the oppressive nature of the Baka of Tzvardeya. Or another way of saying it would be, another way of saying it would be, Dam, everything died. Tzvardeya. I mean, how could that follow Dam? I mean, what's the idea here? What's the idea of Tzvardeya? Because whatever I say about the Tzvardeya, it does not seem to be as severe as the Makkah of Dam. So we have in this parak, in Perak we have a, a reportage, right? First there was Dam, all the Dagim died, but the Tzvardeim, they were just all over the place. They were really an annoyance, but it's not quite the same as everything living in the waters dying. Not quite the same. Now, if we look at Perak Ayin Chet, right, the top of the page, there's a curiosity here. In Pasuk Mem Gimel, Asher Sandem Mitzrayim Ototav, Umoktav, the State Soan. State Soan is a place in Egypt, right? They were in Egypt. Pasuk Mem Dalet, Vayafoch Ledam Yeorehem, Vinoz Lehem, so they, everything turned into blood. Everything turned into blood there. The rivers, the, the, the running water, nothing changed. Then, Pasuk Menhei, Pasuk Menhei, Yishlach Behem Arov, V'yochlein, Utsevardeya V'tashchitein. So now, Arov is, is, is in the wrong order. It's not the same order as it is in Shmot. Shmot Dam Tzvadeh Kinim Arov. Tzvadeh Kinim Arov. What's the order in Tehillim? What's the order in Tehillim? Dam, then Arov, and Tzvadeh. And it's not clear in reading Tehillim whether Tzvadeh is a separate Makkah, or maybe it's part of Arov, because what was Arov? Well, those are like all these wild beasts running around together. So I guess a few frogs could also be part of Arov. I mean, it's hard to tell. So that according to Perek, according to Perek Ayin Chet, according to Perek Ayin Chet, there was this uh, disparity in considering Sfardeya. Of course, you miss a few other as well. You miss a few other Makot as well. But somehow the notion that Tzvardeya comes after Arov is certainly um, 
unexpected. It's unexpected, especially since uh, uh, this idea of the tzachadach shvachad, right, which is tanaitic. It's a tanaitic position that you could use those abbreviations, that somehow those abbreviations are meaningful. So, uh, uh, those, those, uh, those abbreviations might be meaningful. Okay. So, I mean, this is like the background. Now, if we look at... Uh, we, we look at the... Well, let's look first at the, at the, at the Dan. Uh, see, Shemot Perik Zion. That's Dan. Vayom HaShem HaMoshe Kaved Lei Paro Me'ein Lishloach Ha'am Lechel Paro Baboker Yinei Yotzeh HaMaima after all, we all know that Paro and the waters, you know, they were friendly. He was the king and that was the god. And uh, you remember that the two signs that Moshe Rabbeinu had before he started giving out these bakot, these plagues to the tribe, were the staff and his leprous arm, right? What happened with the staff? He took the staff, they threw it down, and it turned into, it turned into a stake. Then all the Khartoumim in Mitzrayim, they did the same thing. They took their staffs, threw them down, and they all turned into stakes. Then what happened? Then so what happened? The Aaron snake, the good guy, the good snake, swallowed up all the bad snakes. All of all of the bad snakes. That's what that's what happened. But Rashi says though that they, it was a start. They went back to that it was back to a Makedo and swallowed the snakes. Yeah. The the Medrash says that this is called a nes betoch nes, a miracle within a miracle, uh, which the the Gemara or the the Medrash seems to think is quite a remarkable thing. Because well, if you, if the if it turns into a snake, then that should be the end of the line for it. You know, like that's already a big deal. Which is why Rashi says that the snake became a staff, and the staff ate the other staffs because it didn't. It wanted to be a different miracle. It was there is this idea that to say that a miracle bred a miracle is something that's unreasonable. But you're right. And we'll get. We'll maybe we'll get back to it. So. So that was the first sign. And what is the what was the the, the importance of the Khartoumim? That they were able to do the same thing. And this set the tone for the opposition of Paro. Right? Paro Paro said, if my uh, my guys can do the same thing that Moshe does, then that proves that Moshe does not have a special, special access to God. Nothing special. And then even when the, when the Khartoumim could not imitate what Moshe did, right, even when that happened, it didn't matter. Because then Tara would say, okay, my guys can't do it, but someplace in the world there's somebody who can do it. And that's why, why Paro, you know, it's, it's true that it says in the Pasuk that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right? Again and again, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But what did Pharaoh think? 
Did Pharaoh say to himself, I'm opposed to letting the Jews out because God is hardening my heart? I guess not. Pharaoh must have had a svara. He must have had some idea that enabled him to be so obstinate. Because if he thought, if he thought he was going to lose, he would have sent the Jews away. But he didn't think he was going to lose because the Khartoumim, because these magicians were able to imitate what Moshe Rabbeinu did. And then even when they weren't able to imitate what Moshe Rabbeinu did, it didn't make any difference because Pharaoh could say, okay, my magicians are not able to. But there are probably magicians someplace in the world who can. And therefore, I'm not impressed by what Moshe Rabbeinu did. All I have to do, what I have to do is stop this, this pain that is afflicting Mitzrayim. And that's what Pharaoh did time and again. So now let's look at this again. Lechel Pharaoh Baboker Pasuk Tedvav. Lechel Pharaoh Baboker Nei Yotzei HaMaima V'Nitzavta Lekrato Al Shvat HaYeor V'Amateh Asher Nefach Lechash Dikach Biyadcha And take the Mateh, take the staff that became a Nachash. It's sort of like a sign for, for Paro. But of course it's, it's going to backfire because Paro's men also had staffs that turned into snakes. So it didn't make any difference. God sent me to get the Jews out of Mitzrayim and you haven't paid much attention. Now you're going to learn, you're going to get a lesson. This is Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, this is going to be your lesson. Now all the water in Mitzrayim is going to turn into, turn into blood. And there it is. And all the fish in the rivers are going to die. I, I mean, this is, this is both a statement of intent, but it's also, it's not exactly a punishment for Paro, I mean, unless he liked sushi. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he liked to eat steaks. So what is this, what do you have to say that the daga, that all the fish in the river are going to die? So he says, Hadaga, Asher Ba'ya'or Tamut, Pasuk Yud Chet, Uva'ash Ha'ya'or Vinil'u Mitzrayim Nishtot B'yom Mayim Min Ha'ya'or. It'll all start stinking and there, there won't be any water and they'll have to work hard to get water out of the ground as we'll see. Pasuk Yud Chet, V'yom Hashem HaMoshe Moro La'aron, Ka'achad Matechal Netei Etchal Memei Mitzrayim, all the water, all the water in Mitzrayim, the rivers, the, the, the lakes, the uh, puddles, every collection of water that there is, it'll all become blood. And the entire country will be filled with blood, even the Trees and the stones, right? They grow out of the ground, they'll be placed in collection. It'll all be blood. The Asukain, 
And then you have this two difficult sukkim. Again, we're on Pasuk Kaf Alif, it says Adaga, Asher Bayor Meita, Bayivash, Bayor, the whole place started stinking from the dead fish. Just as God said, and Moshe repeated, and then it's an absolute mystery. What do you mean by Didn't God say to Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Pharaoh that this is going to happen, and because this is going to happen, this blood? You're going to let the Jews leave. Now obviously if the Khartoumim and Mitzrayim are going to do exactly the same thing, so then Paro will be fortified. He will, he will not going to do. So how was it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed the Khartoumim to do this? Oh, do they represent some kind of an independent power that can do what it wants in spite of what God says? Uh, we don't go for that kind of interpretation, right? So I'll leave that out. But if, if, if we uh, look at it naively, you say, here God is promising Paro that this Makkah is going to be so serious that you're certainly going to let the Jews get out of Mitzrayim. When that Makkah finally comes, along come the Khartoumim, they dance in, and they wave their hands around, and they turn the water, other water, I guess, whatever water was left, also into blood. Now how does that fit into the storyline? What does that say about God? What does it say about God's protection of B'nai Israel? Why were the Khartoumim so significant? I mean, it's true that at the end in the, the Makav Kinim, they kind of peter out, but as I said before, the fact that they were able to reproduce the nace of the Mateh, and then the Dam, and then the Tzvardeya, and then the, and then, you know, they sort of petered out. That itself made uh, all of these signs worthless as far as power was concerned. He was not, he, he was no longer interested. It was just a question of a power versus a power. It had nothing to do with what God wanted or didn't want. So it says, Vayasuke Pasuka Bet Paro, and Paro was, became tough. Paro didn't pay any attention. He went home, right? And the Egyptians are spending all their time trying to find a source of fresh water, the digging hole here and the digging hole there. Imagine, imagine this, uh, this situation. I mean, it's hard to imagine. When Paro is tough. He's not going to give. He's not going to give in. After seven days passed, go to Paro and tell him again, send my people out of the tribe and they will serve me. And if you don't listen, God said, then I will. Uh, 
bring upon you a plague of Tzvardim. There you have it. In a nutshell, <laughs> the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. But a few more sukim that we should look at. Look at uh, the second page here. Look at the second page. It says, Shmot Perikhet. You see Shmot Perikhet? Vayom HaShem HaMoshe Enor El Aharon Neteid Yadcha Bematcha Al Hanarot Al Yorib Al Agamim The same thing. Yorot He says, Raise your arm on the rivers, on the other kinds of waterways, Baal Ha'agamim, like collections of water, Baal et atzvardeim al Eretz Mitzrayim, Baal et atzvardeim al Eretz Mitzrayim. The second pasuk says, Vayet Aaron et Yadoh, Meimei Mitzrayim, and Aaron did it, where is he back to? He's back to Meimei Mitzrayim. The first Makov down was on Meimei Mitzrayim. On the waters in Mitzrayim, the second Makov called Tzvardea was exactly the same. Al-Matei, Al-Matei Mitzrayim. And that is his Matala Tzvardea. Singular. The frog. A frog. Vata'al. It went up. If you look at Rashi, Rashi's Matala Tzvardea. You see the Rashi right underneath? Tzvardeya achat Everybody knows. There was just one frog. One little frog. Tzvardeya achat haitavayumakinota. All they had to do, all they had to do, these Egyptians, was just not do anything. And they would only have to contend with one frog, according to Rashi. But he said, Vayumakinota. They would beat up on it. Vihi matezet. Uh, and then little frogs came out Rashi admits that this is not the simple interpretation of the Pasuk but what is the certain simple interpretation of the Pasuk that when you talk about reproduction frog reproduction the word that's used is, is a singular. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that sometimes a community is represented by a singular. Like you say, there's one man, uh, two men, but a, a thousand men in Hebrew. You could say, Adam Ki, right? A man who does such and such. But you mean any man. You don't mean a single man. That's the, the nature of him. That's what Rajit says. That's the pshat. So Rashi himself is doubtful about whether this Makkah only had one frog to start with or not. But again, uh, uh, that was what the frog was. What, what was this frog? He was just, he, he was like, a, like a, an amoeba. You know, it was like wondered about those, when I was in, high, in school, so I, I, we had biology for a year. The thing I remember most was this idea that the paramecium in the petri dish, if it wants to reproduce, it just charges in the, at the end. It goes like this, and it breaks into two, and then you have two paramecium. I thought that this was a great idea. It, I couldn't understand why the Rebbe didn't organize that for everybody. 
and why, uh, you know, birth had to become a big issue. Paramecium had it under control. So the same thing is true about the frogs. The frogs, if you gave, you whacked the frog, so it became a whole community of frogs. And that was the, that was the Makkah. That was the Makkah. If you look at Pasuk Hei, Vayikrat Moshe, Parol Moshe La'aron, I'm sorry, And again, the Khartoumim did the same thing. They, they produced frogs. The frogs came along, they started beating the, Khartoum, the frogs of the Khartoumim, and I guess they became more frogs and more frogs. So they joined in on this frog festival. As then, when should I do this? So Paro said, I want it tomorrow, right away. I'll do what you say. There's no one else like our God. They'll only be left in the river. God followed Moshe's lead, so to speak. They just all disappeared, all these Tzvardeim. They made piles of the dead, of the dead frogs. And everything started to stink. So if I compare these two stories, there are some things that seem to kind of hint at a relationship. For example, in the Makkah of Dam, the fish died and they started to stink. They, they produced a stink. The when they died they also produced a stink another similarity in the two stories is that the Khartoumim managed to imitate what Moshe Rabbeinu did Moshe Rabbeinu made blood they made blood Moshe Rabbeinu made Tzvardeim they made Tzvardeim but I find it interesting I find it that in neither case did Paro go to the Khartoumim and say, put a stop to it? In neither case. The Khartoumim, the Paro did not even have a Havamina. You know, he did not even have a, 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 a thought in his mind that the Khartoumim who were able to produce dumb and the Khartoumim who were able to produce frogs would be able to stop what was going on. It was impossible. 
He didn't even ask them. He didn't speak to them. It's another thing that in both cases, in both cases, there's a kind of a timing, right? In the first case of Dham, it took a week to get everything straightened out again. In the second case in Svarday, it took a day. The next day, but the timing is mentioned in both in both cases. Uh, it's a difference between Dam and Svarday. In the Makav Dam, if you look again at Dam, Pasuk. Uh, Here, if you look starting from Pasuka Bet, Perk Zion Pasuka Bet, Vayasu Ken Chartume Mitzrayim, Kelatehem, the Egyptians made blood with their magic. Vayachazek Leipar Ovelo Shama Alehem Kasher Diber Hashem. And Paro didn't listen. He didn't listen. Pasukav Gimel, Vayifin Paro, he turned away, Paro turned away, we have all they told, he came home, Loshat Libo, Gamlazot, and he did not consider this a course of action at all, what Moshe Rabbeinu had said. Pasukav Dalid, Vayach Peru Kola Mitrim Suivota Yor Maim Lishtot. And the Egyptians had to dig wells or springs looking for fresh water, and that's how they drank. They could not drink the water from the river. The Yor is usually the Nile. And seven days passed from the time that the blood, the water turned to blood. Ko Amar Hashem Shalachet Ami V'Yavduni And Hashem said to Moshe Let's start the process over again Go to Paro and tell him to send my people V'ma'ena talashaleach Hinei anochi nogeif et kol gvulcha b'svardei I will Bring upon you the plague of svardei So what's missing? in the story of Dam which appears in almost every other Makkah in Mitzrayim Shema? Hello Shema Hello Shema Hello Shema Hello Shema <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> There is no request on the part of Paro to end this Makkah. And furthermore, this no request is not aimed at the Khartoumim. Again, is even though the Khartoumim caused the hardening of Paro's heart as far as Paro was concerned remember we said before Paro didn't think that God hardened his heart he thought that he that he uh, he would be able to uh, overcome somehow 
because of the Khartoumim. So Paro did not ask anybody to end this makkah. I mean, from reading the psukim, it sounds like the fact that they could dig a hole here and there and find some spring water to drink, that that was sufficient. It was Hashem that decided to end the makkah. It was, it was, it just ended. And then came along the tzvardim. So that there is some kind of a relationship in the order of things between the Makkah of Dam and the Makkah of Tzfar De'im. Now what is the relationship between the Makkah of Dam and the Makkah of Tzfar De'im? Well, Dam, nothing could live in the water. Nothing could live in the waters. That includes Tzfar De'im, Menastav. I mean, it's the, the, the frogs couldn't live in that water. They lived in the water, I think. I mean, they jump around, but they, they're like connected to water. And they, and they couldn't live in the water because nothing could live in the water. So that when the Svardaim came, when the Svardaim came, uh, just one second, at the end of the Parsha of Dam. Uh, and we said all the time, I mean, what kind of, what's the connection? God said, if you don't let them out of its right now, then you're going to get Svardim. They just went through Dam. Why did Akadosh Baruch think that Svardim is going to be so oppressive? That they will let the Jews out of out of Mitzrayim. So it seems to me, it seems to me, and this is something that uh, I can't really prove, but it just seems to me that there are makot, there are makot that uh, this was already uh, pointed out. Well, I'm going to say the, the first thing I'm going to say is pointed out by the Rishonim. There are makot that are natural, like locusts. Locusts in Egypt are not uncommon to our, in, up to our time. So, what, what makes it into a makkah? What makes the arbeh into a makkah? The timing of it. It's not because locusts are a miracle. Locusts are not a miracle. The miracle was that the locusts came when Moshe Rabbeinu said, let them come. So, there are those kinds. Then there are the kinds of makot that seem to contradict. I, I can even put makat bechorot into that, into the category of I mean, if you have, uh, there have been instances where there was a tremendous plague in, in the world. And that plague struck down, you know, old people and children who were not able to, uh, to fight off the ravages of the plague. So that's also the arov. A robe is not a regular kind of thing where you see, I mean, it could be, but, but again it isn't. But what is not at all regular? Dam. Dam is not regular. Dam is not regular because it contradicts the essential nature of creation. Creation was the creation of a world in which life could proceed. 
You can have life in the world that God created. And especially, especially the Dada is mentioned in Breshit, right, as being part, as being the creation in the waters. There is something created in the water called Dada. So that the, the, uh, the Makah, the Makah of Dam contradicts, contradicts the essential nature of the created world that sort of says that God is willing in order to save the Jewish people to get them out of Mitzrayim to do something which is counterindicated by the way God created the world in other words this is uh, uh, it's true that Rashi says at the beginning of Bereshit they have to know that 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 just because uh, something is there doesn't mean it will always be there doesn't mean that it's inviolate doesn't mean that God can change things that's, all of that is true but the way God created the world represents the way the world should be and Dam is, is something that contradicts the nature of the world the Khartumim the Khartumim whose power is derived not from heaven, but some other less uh, appealing source, they are able to destroy, but not able to rebuild. In other words, they are able, they are able to repeat what to say, dam. We'll make dam, and everything in the waters will die, and everything will be, will be destroyed. That they have a certain ability to do. But even Paro knew that they cannot restore the world that God created. That they can't do. Not even worth talking to them. Nothing to look at. It's, it's, it's impossible. But when it came to Dam, when it came to, the, to undoing the Dam, Paro understood and Moshe Abedu understood that it would have to be undone. It had nothing to do, or it was not necessarily connected to Moshe Rabbeinu davening to have the, the dam go away. A world in which all the waters were blood was not the world that God created. And the plagues in Mitzrayim were not intended to undo the world that God had created, but rather, rather to punish the Egyptians or to give the Jews, as we said at the beginning, to give the Jews some kind of vision of what is going on. And so even though the, the, uh, the plague of Dam was not undone by the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu, but was undone kind of automatically, Right, a week passed, and there was no more. There was no, no more blood because that's the way Yaakov intended it to be. And then after the dam, what came in the dam? What came after the dam? The tzvardea. What is the tzvardea? The tzvardea, besides being a makkah, right? It's a makkah. It's an annoyance. It bothers you, but it's a proof that the world returned to its old, its old way because the tzvardea grew in the waters it, it became it, it multiplied and became so that Tzvardea is also represents a return to life so to speak and even though the Khartoumim even though the Khartoumim uh, were able to 
reproduce the Makkah of Tzvardaya. They were able to do it over, to make a few Tzvardayim running around. It never occurred to Paro to ask the Khartoumim to somehow deal with the Tzvardaya because they were only, their power was only in making things bad but not in returning them to the way they should be or the way that God wanted them. This parallel apparently understood. So from the point of view of, of Am Yisrael, but what were you Am Yisrael? It's an educational matter. It's education. Dam and Tzvadeh are educational in, in nature. So understand, understand that, that, uh, uh, that there are, are even in heaven there are certain rules that have to be followed. And if there's a makkah, if there's a makkah that defies, defies the, uh, the creation, the way the world was created, that makkah would not, that cannot continue to exist beyond the allotted time. Dam, a week, and Tzvardeya, machar. Right, that the, was the allotted time that they, that they received. So here, Am Yisrael being prepared to leave Mitzrayim to go to uh, to go to Har Sinai, and you remember that that I mean I I feel that it's a probably a reasonable thought. It is a reasonable thought to say that Am Yisrael Am Yisrael didn't just go to Har Sinai and get the Torah and was so impressed by the fact that there were all this, this sound and light show going on at Har Sinai, that they decided to keep the Torah. But as the Maharal says in several places, in order to accept something, you have to be worthy for accepting. It's got to fit in with you. Right? So that if you, if you study anything, you study anything, and somebody, like if you study uh, uh, history, uh, you know, and somebody gives you uh, a history book in the area that you're interested in, but it's written in Chinese, and you don't know how to read Chinese or understand it, so you didn't get anything. I mean, like you know, if you say, oh, "Here's a present, a Chinese book of English history," I mean, okay, I don't know Chinese. Was it, I didn't get any. I didn't get anything. So the Torah, the Torah. I mean, this explains why. There were mitzvot given to Bnei Yisrael before they came to Har Sinai, because in order to accept mitzvot, you have to be a mitzvah acceptor. You have to have become that kind of person, so that going to Har Sinai, going to Har Sinai at the end of the at the end of the story meant that they were ready to go to Har Sinai. That the Maharal said that they were a Beit Kibul. They were like a, a a vessel into which the Torah could fit. When God gave the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu to Bnei Yisrael, it fit with them. They understood it because they understood about God and they understood about the, the the fact that God's world would continue to exist in, no matter what opposition there seemed to be, you know, on the ground. So again, I say, Dam is a denial of creation. Everything died. Everything died in the... In the, in the um, that kind of denial of creation could not continue to exist. And so, Shiva Yamim. 
That's what the Pasuk says. Seven days. It was predetermined that it would come to an end. Even Moshe Rabbeinu understood, not even, Moshe Rabbeinu understood that and therefore he didn't have to daven. And apparently Paro understood that the Khartoumim would not have any power over ending this this situation, even though they had a certain negative power in creating creating the dam. Svardea is also, besides being a Makkah, was also the sign, was also the sign that dam came to an end. There was no more dam, there was Svardea. And the Svardea was light from the Yor, light coming out of the Yor. And it may be because of this two-pronged idea about Svardea, that on the one hand, Svardea is a Baka, but on the other hand, Svardea means that Dam has come to an end. There's no more, there's no more Dam. That, that uh, distortion of creation no longer, no longer exists. That's all why in Tehillim, in Perak Ayin Chet, Svardea is misplaced. It's put with arov and not as a separate baka after after dam because uh, it had these two had these two uh, um, functions right the tzvardeya had the two functions it was a maka but it was also the dissolution of the first maka which is called dam from this you also know that there are powers in the world the powers of the world that can how did Rav Nachman said, you know, there are powers in the world that can mess everything up. But eventually, it has to straighten out because that's what creation means. God created the world and the world will be as God created it. Man slash woman <laughs> parody can, can mess things up tremendously. But at the end, the mess gets straightened out and you go back to the World that God created as God as God created. Yeah. 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 No, I will. <laughs> so that's, uh, in any event, that's what I think about Svardaya. <laughs> Have a good Shabbos. <laughs>